Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Friends, if you look in your bulletin, you'll notice that the second scripture lesson is listed as Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 14. It's listed that way because that's what I told the church staff I was preaching on this morning, last Sunday. However, Monday morning, I started preparing this sermon, and for some reason or another, I ended up working on Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. Yesterday, when I realized the mistake, I I had a choice to make. Should I quickly try to prepare a sermon based on Romans 13, verses 8 to 14? I decided that um, I would rather be well prepared than rush through the sermon preparation process. Forgive the mistake in your bulletin. Your second scripture lesson is Romans 14, verses 1 to 12. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on slaves of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it for the Lord. Also those who eat, eat for the Lord, since they give thanks to God. While those who abstain, abstain for the Lord and give thanks to God. For we do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be both Lord of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each one of us will be held accountable. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning our first hymn was one we sing often. How Great Thou Art. It's a beautiful hymn. I love to sing it. I love to hear it sung. It's one that has been sung in this church so often that many know the words without having to look down at their hymnals or up at the screens. They know it by heart. The line I want to emphasize this morning from that hymn is in the third stanza. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. 
That's good news that's worth singing about. And this good news that we are not condemned nor are we destined to carry our burdens around for all eternity is at the very foundation of our faith. We sing of how he takes the heavy burdens upon himself because this quality of Jesus Christ is at the heart of the gospel. So the church where I preached in Columbia, Tennessee has a brass plaque on the front steps declaring, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That verse is from the Gospel of Matthew, and it points to who we know Jesus to be. He is one who not only helps us to bear our heavy burdens, but who takes them away. That on the cross, my burden, gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. The Apostle Paul believed all that. In fact, he experienced it personally. This morning, we turn our attention again to his letter to the church in Rome. Paul, I remind you, met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus called him by name, changed his life, and made him one of his disciples. The heavy burden of guilt that Paul carried after being complicit in Stephen's death, Jesus lifted. The heavy burden of perfectionism that he inherited and was enslaved by, he laid down before the God of grace. This morning, remembering the burden that we are invited to lay down, the burden Christ lives from us. Paul reminds us that for you and for me to live in community, we must not only lay down our heavy burdens before the Lord, but sometimes our opinions as well. In our second scripture lesson we read, welcome those who are weak in faith but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. In our world of division, this is a crucial point that Paul is making. He writes to the church in Rome, which, like the church in the United States of America, was full of conflict. In that ancient Roman church, some wanted to eat meat. Others were sure that the righteous were vegetarian. It reminds me of Thanksgiving dinner. Years ago, I remember sitting around the table with the entire family, only Elizabeth had been off to college and heard about the chicken processing plant. After learning how those hens were treated, she'd sworn off meat, which her grandfather thought was ridiculous. Did you know that during the Great Depression, we were lucky to have meat once a week, he says, as though her choice to not eat meat was downright unpatriotic. Unfortunately, she felt just as offended by his opinion as he was of hers. So this argument became more reason to stay on campus for Christmas rather than return to the battleground at the holiday dinner table or any other assembly of strong opinionated Christians can turn into. Paul's point to us this morning is that sometimes community requires us to lay down our opinions. 
And Paul doesn't care if you're right and she's wrong. If Jesus were as worried as we can be about who's right and who's wrong, we would all be in trouble. At the heart of this religion of ours is the conviction that Jesus must be the one to save us. We cannot save ourselves. We are not capable of getting it all right on our own. Why then do we get all self-righteous about our opinions and convinced that it is our job to straighten out everyone around us who we think has it wrong? This morning, I hear the Apostle Paul calling us to lay down not just our burdens. I hear him also calling on us to lay down our opinions. One of the greatest speeches I've ever heard was delivered in April of 1952 by a young Mississippi legislator named Noah Soggy Sweat Jr. The state house had been debating prohibition and the state's representatives were divided. Any one person could have changed the majority. So, when Representative Soggy Sweat stepped to the lectern, everyone was listening as he expressed his opinion. There, in April of 1952, he delivered his famous whiskey speech, which goes like this. My friends, I had not intended to discuss this controversial subject at this particular time. However, I want you to know that I do not shun controversy. On the contrary, I will take a stand on any issue at any time, regardless of how fraught with controversy it might be. You have asked me how I feel about whiskey. All right, here is how I feel about whiskey. If, when you say whiskey, you mean the devil's brew, the poison scourge, the bloody monster that defiles innocence, dethrones reason, destroys the home, creates misery and poverty, yea, literally takes the bread from the mouths of little children. If you mean the evil drink that topples the Christian man and woman from the pinnacle of righteousness, gracious living into the bottomless pit of degradation and despair and shame and helplessness and hopelessness, then certainly I am against it. But if when you say whiskey, you mean the oil of conversation, the philosophic wine, the ale that is consumed when good fellows get together that puts a song in their hearts and laughter on their lips and the warm glow of con contentment in their eyes, if you mean Christmas cheer, if you mean the stimulated drink that puts the spring in the old gentleman's step on a frosty, crispy morning, if you mean the drink which enables a man to magnify his joy and his happiness and to forget, if only for a little while, life's great tragedies and heartaches and sorrows, if you mean that drink, the sale of which pours into our treasuries untold millions of dollars which are used to provide tender care for our little crippled children, our blind, our deaf, our, our, our pitiful aged and infirm, to build highways and hospitals and schools, then certainly I am for it. 
This is my stand. I will not retreat from it. I will not compromise. <laughs> now why when a Presbyterian minister in Marietta, Georgia quote this speech to you? It's because whether the issue is abortion, evolution, creationism, ordination of women, universalism, authority of scripture, divorce, homosexuality, who gets invited to the communion table, or what color the poinsettias ought to be at Christmas time, our church and our world are divided. Sometimes we are not even of one mind inside our own minds. Therefore, we must at times lay down our opinions that we might more effectively welcome all. If we cling too tightly to our opinions, then our opinions may jeopardize our relationships. And if our opinions jeopardize our relationships, do we not misunderstand the gospel? That's the message I have for you this morning. Because that's the message I hear from the scripture lessons for today. In our first scripture lesson, when Almighty God through the prophet Ezekiel says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman over the people. Say to the Israelites, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. I recognize that as a preacher, it is my job to tell the wicked to turn from their ways. It is my duty to read the Bible and to speak the truth from it. So hear me say that a great wickedness I see in our world today is our growing inability to show hospitality and kindness to people who think differently than we do. It's as though we think division, we're okay. Let me tell you something. The Bible says otherwise. Scripture lifts up the theme of unity, of showing hospitality again and again. More than any other issue that has divided Christ's church or our country, the Bible emphasizes showing hospitality to people we don't even know. So hear me calling on you and me and this entire world to let go of division that we might love our neighbors as ourselves. One of the most beautiful stories I've ever heard was told in an article about Bishop Gene Robinson, the first openly gay bishop in the Episcopal Church. In this article... Bishop Robinson talked about a fellow priest named Ron Prynne who had a serious issue with his denomination naming a gay man as bishop. The two priests worked for several months on a committee, yet Robinson and Prynne were always on opposing sides of every debate. Once the committee's work came to an end, Bishop Robinson invited the committee to his home for dinner. Prynne answered the invitation with silence. Life continued on for the two of them. They interacted at various conferences. Prynne continued to struggle with Bishop Robinson's identity, yet every chance he got, Bishop Robinson kept on inviting Prynne to his home, yet Prynne never accepted the invitation. 
By the time Prynne finally accepted one of the bishop's lunch invitations, Parkinson's disease had ravaged his body. He could no longer walk. Another of the guests ushered Prynne and his wife Barbara through the garage where the bishop and his husband Mark had installed a handicap lift years before. Using that lift, Prynne rolled his walker into the kitchen and beheld the bishop with a bewildered look. Ron Prynne wanted to know who in Bishop Robinson's family is handicapped. No one, the bishop responded. Who did you build that lift in your garage for? Prynne asked. We built it for you, the bishop responded. Friends, we cannot allow division over opinions to distract us from love. So, when you read the newspaper and see coverage and commentary and all these issues that divide us, when you read about the school board taking sides on which book should be in the school library, and then days later you read about how at one local elementary school last year only 37% of third graders were reading at grade level, I want you to ask yourself, how can I, in this situation, love my neighbor as myself? By adding fuel to the division? That's always a temptation, but if kids can't read, the books that are in the library don't matter. Remember that the issues which divide us may be distracting us from the main thing, which Jesus and the Apostle Paul we're both clear about. Jesus said it, and Paul repeats it in the second scripture lesson that I was supposed to read for today. The commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the main thing. The main thing is love. Remember that when the burden to get things right gets so heavy. My friends, at the end of my days, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I want you to hear the Lord say the same thing. That day is coming. The Apostle Paul is clear about that, saying, we will stand before the judgment seat of God. In preparation for that day, the Apostle asked us, why do you pass judgment on your brother or your sister? Or why do you despise your brother or your sister? For the whole law is summed up in this one thing. How well have you loved your neighbor as yourself? There are many ways to be a Christian. So don't get tied up in your opinions, so tied up in your opinions that you fail to be a Christian. I've told you before that I love to sing. I love hymns, I really do. I love the obscure ones that y'all hate to sing. <laughs> I love the hymns that we sing all the time. 
I really love the ones Mrs. Vivian Stevens taught us in Sunday school years ago. Way back when I was eight or nine years old, we'd always sing this one hymn that has forever informed my faith. It was written in the 1960s by a Roman Catholic priest who served on the south side of Chicago. We're going to sing it at the end of the service, but I want to quote just a portion of it for you now. It goes like this. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Maybe you know that one. I hope you do. It's an easy one to sing, but in our world of division, where one side marks the other out to be a little more evil every single news cycle, it is a hard song to live. In humility, lay down your opinions that you might bear one another's burdens and so live the faith of the one who bears our burdens, who bled and died to take away our sin. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.